Hey, it's Ida for here. You know me. You love me. Now shut up and let me recap. We were finally done with all that Electrum trade bullshit in the hives, but uh, Frankie went and played the hero completely disappeared, which was terrifying. Uh, Flynn and Poet had a chat, and it turned out that Poet had been working for Master Speck the whole time. You know, that guy that we have kind of a weird relationship with. Um, but Poet also took the fifth amulet we'd been carrying around, which was not what we wanted, but whatever. Then, after all that, I had a bit of a moment, because, well, I'd just lost my best friend. And Mole came to see me. I guess to console me? But anyway, out of that, now I can turn to animals, because he taught me some stuff, and... That's pretty cool. Like, admittedly, I would rather have Frankie back, but I don't know, I can be a cat now, and that's kind of cool. Karen and Alakas had a heart-to-heart, -heart, which is good because there was a definite rift between them. Um, and they got to the Forge Summit, and now Alakast is a queen of a new clan. Like, I'll be honest, she's a little bit, like, messy to be a queen, but I know a queen now, so suck it. And she is in charge of making Electrum, which is super convenient for us. Anyway, we finally made it back to the city, but before we could even have a little sit-down, guess who turned up? It, it, was, it was Hoss. Hoss was there to blackmail us. You know that guy that I kicked in the balls back in Arc 1? Yeah, let's see what he's got for us. and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janice and Griffiths Parchment Company. We're now starting our sixth arc. I don't know about you guys, I never thought that we would get this far. <laughs> wow! It's not that I didn't believe in us, I just thought, you know, it's a big job, I'll probably give up. And I haven't yet, so that's good. <laughs> My name is Penny D, and something that I can't stop myself from doing wrong is I cannot, for the life of me, type the word because. For whatever reason, I always get the U and the S mixed up. I've, like, muscle memory it into myself. Even to the point that I'll be like, cool, I'm going to type the word because. B, good. E, good. C, yes, great. A, fantastic. S, good. U, yeah. E, yeah. Done it. Damn it. And then I'll just, like, every time, every single time that I type the word because, I get it wrong. So if you ever see, like, if you're on the Patreon now, shout out to the Patreons, then you see that I write the word because and I got it wrong. That's an Easter egg for you. <laughs> it's not an accident that I can't make myself stop doing. <laughs> that's a secret little thing I, it's funny when you said that you spelt because wrong i was thinking oh maybe she's going back to her scene days and she's spelling it b-o-c-o-z oh yeah no i wouldn't even do this first i would be b-c-u-z if i was Sick. gonna do it like that because Whoa. Oh, gross stephanie and i play frankie and the thing that i can't stop like doing wrong is so you know you have scissors I always grab them. But I always put them in my fingers, like upside down, so they don't fit. No. Like every time, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I could see myself grabbing them. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Turn my hand the other way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't hold scissors right. I, I can't. <laughs> you could probably just cut down on crafts and then eliminate that problem from your life, but I just don't see you doing that. No, no, I can't. I want one of those really cool roller cutters that you just like roll it across. Oh my god, they're yeah, so good. Oh yeah, oh, that might be a solution. Yeah. You could get a guillotine. Yeah. I love a guillotine. I could see you also holding that wrong. I'm sure Steph would never mess up a guillotine. 
Never. Never. <laughs> well, she'll do it once. No, she'll do it twice, and then she'll never do it again. What, run out of fingers? Got two hands in it. Two chances, two hands. I mean, I mean, I think you underestimate my ability. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan, and I play Flynnvar the Halfling Bard. Mine, it's going to make me sound terrible. My sister has a partner of four years, and I can never remember how to say her name the first go. Like, it takes me at least two goes to say Clarice. And, like, I love her dearly. She's awesome. But it, I'll be like, Hi, Clarence, Clarou, Clary, you know, or like I'll say it and I don't notice that I've said it wrong, like every time. Bloody. Oh, I'm sorry. I identify though, it took me like a year to learn how to say Liz's boyfriend's name and they never, like, not, I wouldn't say it in the podcast because it's just not anyone's business, but like, you, neither of you ever corrected me and I always say it wrong and you just be like, yes, good, cool. And it took me like a year until I got it right. And I look every time I still look around. And make sure I've seen it right. Yeah, I'm Liz. You're definitely going to need to correct me next time I, I see your partner because I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a curse. <laughs> Hi, I'm Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling Rogue. <clears throat> I don't want to steal Penny's thunder, but I also cannot spell a word correctly any time, and that word is separately. Oh no! Because I'm like separately or separately, and I always get it wrong. <laughs> but there we go. Each time you're like, I, last time I remember, I did e, and I, and no one corrected me. It must be e, and then you're gonna get like the little thing pop up. The thing is, now that we're talking about it, I don't know how to spell it right either. So, <laughs> perfect. I'm pretty sure it has an A, but now that we're talking about it, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Just like to paint a small picture for the group that Liz is currently holding the very like big himbo orange cat oh. who is just giving the very good headbutts. It's really nice way to open the show. Boy. He's my good boy. My name is Liz, and when I'm not holding my cat and being a very important cat owner, I play Karen, who is everybody's favorite dwarf barbarian and the thing that i can't stop doing wrong is i keep pocket dialing people (laughs) (laughs) and it's not individual people either it's always group chats i'm in group chats on messenger and i consistently pocket dial them at least one group chat will get a pocket dial at least once a week and i cannot stop and i actually i will not stop i'm a menace and i cannot be stopped (laughs) and if people need to listen to my pocket to remind them that I'm here and I'm a menace, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, she, that's very on brand. It's so constant. Sometimes I will, like, not get a pocket dial from Liz for, like, a month and I'll be like, oh, no, Liz has lost their phone. Like, <laughs> I clearly don't have it. it. I usually have lost my phone at that point. Personally, I find it very endearing. And so please don't stop. Please don't. I won't learn how to spell because anytime soon. So <laughs> please you also don't stop doing the things that make us you know, make us imperfect humans. <laughs> Today's not a, you know, personal therapy podcast. It is a D&D podcast. Which is kind of like a personal therapy podcast. In a way, yeah. <laughs> How do we all feel about starting ourselves a brand new arc? We have just had a 10 episode long arc. And now we're going to start something maybe a little bit shorter. How do we all feel about that? I'm very upset. Upset. Extremely <laughs> upset. Very sad. What? What, you want to do another long one? No, why would we possibly be upset, Penny? Is it possibly because you killed off a character? Is it- 
Is it possibly because you tricked us all and made us all worry? <laughs> yeah, I can see why that might make you upset. <laughs> Whoops. See, I just thought you guys would be over it by now, but that's okay. You know, you can you can hold on to that. Just see what see what holding a grudge against the DM like brings to you. Stop gaslighting us, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> This is so scary. This is this is gatekeep fucking gaslight girl boss. Penny. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and start episode 33, which is the part one of our newest arc, which is called Reservoir Employees. Theme music, theme music, theme music, theme music, theme music. Yeah. Theme music. <laughs> So a couple of things to check in with, because we're kind of, for everyone, we're sort of at these like very important moments that we can't skip around in time. So I'm just going to go backwards a little bit. I want to check in with some people about some details that we didn't quite cover in the last episode. Idafa, it took a couple of days traveling by cart to get home. Have you been using, practicing, sharing your wild shape ability? Pretty much when I saw, like after my meeting with Mol, as soon as I saw the guys, I was like, guys, look, look. And then I turned into a cat. <laughs> how did Flynn and Karen sort of respond to that? Karen probably picked up the cat and just had a little cry because <laughs> not only not only is one of her beloved employees, as far as she knows, dead, another one has just turned into a cat and she's very stressed out. She's not quite sure what's going on. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that you've seen a person turn into an animal and back again, but yeah, I can see why that's not <laughs> Flynn's just jaw drops and he's like, oh, I, how are you, what? That is freaking cool. That is, that is going to be handy. Not cool, it's a cat. On the travel home, Idafa, did you do anything in particular with your wild shape or were you mostly just like practicing, pulling your pranks or anything like that? Yeah, I was mostly just practicing because we're in a car, I couldn't do a whole lot of great pranks. You did find out that Murphy does not care for dogs, like one bit. Like Murphy does not like dogs <laughs> when you were doing that. Flynn, uh, you ha you also have animal-based updates to your character. Did you name your little dragon? I did. Welby is its little name. <laughs> How do you spell this? Welby, so W-E-L-B-Y. Welby. Aw, Welby. That's adorable. And I just have just a small sort of mechanical... If, if you haven't specified where the dragon is, where is it? It, by default, is going to live under my hat. And you'll notice that Flynnvite has been very studious with how kind of like how things are lined up on his desk and in his bag and his satchel. But after this long cart ride, you notice that there is two little tiny holes in his hat just above the little ribbon. And he's made adjustments so the dragon can peep out and know what's happening. And you obviously don't have the means to like know this for sure, but in your mind, is well be a boy or a girl? I have a feeling by the types of response I'm getting from the jokes that I'm <laughs> telling um, Wellby that Wellby is a boy. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure when I'm talking about him in the future that I am correctly gendering your imaginary baby dragon, because this is very important to all of us. Very important. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And probably the most, like, the biggest, most sort of like impactful thing uh, Karen, what happened to Asus Diamond Heart and Scraps the last time that we sort of 
talked about them, you were tearing Asus Diamondheart out of the robot up until the point that all the drama happened. What happened to him after that? Karen flew into a rage and threw him in the lava. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, Karen! <laughs> That's the second boss that arc that you just defeated by throwing him into lava? Yeah, and then she stormed up to the body of Scraps and she threw the body of Scraps in the lava as well. Okay, so Scraps is also Scraps is also gone. Scraps is also gone. Yeah, no, that's fine. Was was there anything else to do with Asus or Scraps that you sort of dealt with at the time or no? No, I think Karen was kind of overcome by Frankie's disappearance. She still hasn't quite accepted death because there wasn't a body. There were shoes. But there wasn't a body, and she knows that there's magic in the world. So she's hopeful that he's not dead, he's just disappeared. Can you just quickly roll me an intimidation check? Oh, absolutely. I can roll you an intimidation check, no problem. Oh, it's not great. That's a 15. I love hearing that. <laughs> that's a 15? Uh, yeah, that's good enough. So when we did the Ford Summit scene, uh, one of the things that you noticed was... Um, the miners who were left over after the lava golem fight basically all just hitched themselves to Alakast. One of the main reasons that they did that was Alakast's big sister took their old boss and just threw him into lava. <laughs> and so they're like, you know what? You know what? Let's do what this lady says. <laughs> cool. Okay. Back to th that's all right. Just a couple of things I realized that we didn't deal with. Oh, I think you've. I think you've. I think you've forgotten one actually, and that's where's Frankie. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually haven't forgotten that one. We're going to find out. <laughs> or maybe not. Or maybe not. Jeez Louise. Who can tell me what happened when you got back to Murphy's place? Karen. Sorry, I need to put my cat out. It's fucking biting me. Uh, you shithead. <laughs> yeah. You little bitch. <laughs> I was watching that happen on the video and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> shit, okay. Are you He's bleeding? He's fine. He just, um, I made a mistake <laughs> when I was raising him and I played with him with my hands. And now he thinks that hands are fun bitey toys. So now he thinks that hands are fun bitey toys. So. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, kids. Do not play with kittens with your hands. It doesn't matter how cute they are, because they will bite you. They're going to stop it. Watch out, kids. Watch out, kids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, what happened when we got back to Murphy's? You guys all raised a glass uh, in memory of Frankie, and then someone interrupted you. Oh, yes, it was the bloke from episode two it was it was the bloke from episode two it was the guy who we stole all the hats from and also the other things but mostly the hats mostly the hats mostly the hats and we <laughs> mostly the hats it was a dwarf mafia member named yes. Hoss uh, yes. who you have some experience with and we beat him up and we left him <laughs> during the chemical errand you embarrassed him once and then he got away with all of the the barrels yes and you fought up with them later and you kicked him in the nuts and <laughs> as far as you know that was the last time that you've seen him so how do you react when he when he turns around and he tells you guys that you're gonna help him or something? i splash the rest of my drink into his face he's quite he's not like close enough to you like to do that he's not right next to you he's you guys are sitting at a table and he's sort of like maybe five ten steps away up a couple of stairs in the doorway that's a thought that counts so flynn just Flynn just hoofs a drink in his direction. Yeah, cool. Roll me, a, roll me an attack roll, Flynn. Just improvised weapon, so no bonuses. That is, uh, eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, like, you you kind of did this in, in, in reaction as, you know, I got a threat, threw something. Yeah. 
kind of thing and it just like hits a shelf uh, next to it and just pours water all over this like magic candle that Murphy had uh, on display and the candle, the candle just like starts to melt, drip off the shelf. Oh my god. Uh, Karen and Idafer, do you guys do anything in response or you just wait and see what he does? I just laugh because I remember kicking in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Karen clears her throat and says, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and don't come any closer because that was a warning shot and next time we won't miss. And she kind of also picks up her drink. Up, 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 up. You can kick me in the nards again if you must. But okay. he, holds up, he holds up this book that he has. And I don't know if you guys remember, but it had, you know, even just from this far away, you can see that it's got your like full names in it. You recognize your, your home addresses. And he's like, ah, I have copies. And if I don't regularly check in, some very interested parties will be finding about all about you. Your home addresses, your families, your children. I imagine life will get quite difficult for you with that kind of attention, yeah? Can Ido please make a, oh, I'm gonna say, acrobatics check perhaps to grab them out of his hand? Yeah, you can. I'm gonna roll with disadvantage because you would have to like, essentially charge maybe two, three steps at him to get to him. Yeah, yeah roll me an acrobatics check with disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. And also this would be bad for the law. <laughs> what did I say? Athletics? Acrobatics. Acrobatics. Okay. Eight? Like, he all, he, he's, you know, you run over and you successfully snatch the book out of his hand. But he doesn't stop you. Like, he, you, you grab it. He doesn't stop you. He just lets you take it. And he's like, what did I just say? I have copies. The book, now that you're holding it, you can see that it's got pretty accurate information in it. As well as, he seems to have been following you guys for a while. Like, he's got notes in what you guys have been doing pretty much since around the goose incident times. So there's a lot of notes of your like comings and goings, you know, every time that you guys have, you guys, he seems to have been following you for some time. Are there notes about our time in the hives? No, the last note that he has on you is when you left the city last, but nothing in there about specifically what you were doing. And the same again with Janison Funeral, like he clearly didn't follow you out of town. He just has been watching you while you've been in the city. I see, okay. And he, he turns to you, Idafa, and he says, You're lucky. I'm not here to turn you in. I'm just here to recruit you. Mr. Marvelous is getting close to his goal. And with your assistance, I mean to swindle without from under him. Oh, I love a swindle. Let's do it. Um, and Hoss explains to you that kind of, you know, many of sort of Mr. Marvelous's moves of late, including hitting you for a stockpile, harvesting the tiefling eyes, making deals with all the criminals, each of these have all been for one purpose. Like he's, this is all part of one plan. Yeah, he's been stockpiling Electrum for a very, very, very powerful scroll. He's got some kind of expert arcanist toiling on the stuff for him, and he's very, very far ahead of what the magic school is producing. Flynn, which you would know this as well, you went to the magic school and you saw their scrolls, and you sort of made note that the stuff that you've re recovered from Marvelous with the glowing text much more professional than what the magic schools are putting out. So, why have you chosen us? Because if you haven't noticed, we're down a member, and we'd really rather prefer to focus on finding him. I didn't know that they would have been short one when I came in here. I saw the carriage come back in. Last time I saw you, you were leaving town, you were heading south. I didn't know what you guys were going to do, and I just know that. Look, look, ever since I saw, I saw you guys during the goose incident, all right, I saw you out and about, running around, and then it kind of dawns on you that 
the riding on the cart when the, the you know when the horse that you now know to be mole was dragging that whole cart full of electron through uh you reckon you remember at the time you recognized a face but you couldn't cannot actually you didn't roll high enough to know what it was but you but you remember like you recognized a face during that moment and now you realize that that was actually hoss that that saw you in that moment and, and he's probably been like maybe planning to screw over his boss since then since he saw you guys back then look there's not a lot of people out there who are willing to screw over powerful people i know you guys went to marvelous mansion i know you guys have been doing all sorts of crazy stuff with magic and, and all all kinds of things if i'm gonna blackmail someone it's gonna be someone who's actually gonna be affected you know? this is all this is all gone too far i want to i want out of the crime business and i know that you people are just the chance to help me you're going to help me get my hands on that scroll and i'm going to use it to retire in the countryside away from this blasted city are you going to go retire in the countryside how cute yes are you going to go and raise are you going to go and raise some geese some chicken oh my geese i say <laughs> <laughs> off to the side murphy's like filling his pockets he's just like taking stuff off the shelf and like putting it into his coat and horse is like where do you think you're going and murphy's like um let me see a guy who's willing to betray powerful people found my back room i'm out of here i'm i'm leaving and, and horse is like ah but but you know you i've got just as many notes on you you stay right here you're going to be our home base no one is leaving no one goes home i know that you've been gone no one knows you're back yet so we're going right now to case's place let's go new partners hold on Last time we agreed to do something for a really short person, or average sized person, I mean. Because you are also short. Also yeah. very we didn't short. have a con. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> um, I'm saying this from my chair, which is a bastard. <laughs> we got stabbed in the back. We didn't get the loot. We didn't get anything. And I know this is your blackmailing us, but what we're going to write down in a contract what you're what you're offering what you're saying will happen what will happen if we do what you want so we've got it in writing and i want a blood oath from you so you're expecting to take all this illegal activity and keep it in writing so that we all might get caught and all of us get thrown in prison with like a lot of you know easy evidence is that what you're suggesting we've been in prison and we can get out so yeah okay all right let's do it <laughs> flynn you can pull out some paper you can start creating yourself a little contract, like a written split of, you know, what's going on. Meanwhile, Frankie. Yes? You're somewhere different. A blank, dark void filled with the occasional floating rock, a swarm of strange yellow wisps swirling angrily overhead. You've traveled using naught but the power of your mind you found yourself in a small piece of land serving another creature, a dragonborn, and one that you recognized from the scene that the question box showed you. Did you, you called out, right? Yeah, I did. What did you say? Hey, hey, as Frankie tries to make his way over towards there. And I like to imagine when he's floating, like, you know, he, he used thought to move, but he's also like, I guess trying to swim. Like, it's still, it's still awkward. So it just looks like he's swimming. 
Um, so yeah, so you called out, which doesn't really make noise in this place, but the vibrations that you make in the air do cause the dragon more to look up. They're kind of using their hands to like play with one of these yellow wisps and they're making, they're, like before you called out, they were making it kind of dance a little bit, like manipulating it with their hands and kind of softly cooing to it. So he does, he does look up in surprise and he stares at you for a good long time and his hands like keep doing the movement as though he's like auto, like doing it automatically and he just he just stares at you like he doesn't really believe that you're there and i'd like to imagine that it takes frankie an awkwardly long time to get to him well to the dragonborn <laughs> and just like, uh, uh, hold on come in don't almost there cool, cool. Yeah, of course, because it takes it takes concentration. Or what you've gathered is it takes the power of your mind to travel, but your social awkwardness <laughs> is getting in the way of you being able to think clearly. Yes, yes. I also don't imagine that Frankie is very good at swimming. Usually. Yes, he's, he's not. He's not. He's doing the. He's trying to do something very badly <laughs> in a place that he's never been before, using only his mind. So as you approach the Dragonborn, he stands up. And he, he sort of leaves the wisp kind of floating next to him. And he looks at you and he kind of waves a little bit. And then he points to himself and he holds up five fingers on one hand and one finger on the other hand and then points to himself again. Frankie, by the time he gets there, it's kind of probably a little bit out of breath. So he's just like, okay, okay. <laughs> Not to be like the Matrix, but do you think that's air you're breathing now? <laughs> Probably not, but Frankie doesn't know how to figure out where he's at. It's like, wow, okay, work out. Woo, jeez. Ah, did, uh, six, six? Uh, and, and he, like, sort of smiles. Like, he can see your mouth moving. Um, and he kind of smiles and points to himself. Oh, okay. Frankie assumes that, you know, that's, I guess, a name. So Frankie tries to finger an F. You know what? Yeah, yeah, he tries to spell his name with his fingers. Sure, roll me a charisma check to see how how good you do at, at communicating. Uh, I feel like it's not very good, but okay, let's, let's see. <laughs> That's a natural one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, he thinks that your name is Fondle. Okay. He, you, you got the F right and then everything just went out the window. Um, and he kind of like makes a cupping motion with his hand and points at you. <laughs> like, yes, yes, I'd love some tea or something. Yeah, drink, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Frankie also cups himself. He Where? Ancient greeting? I guess he, he would just mimic whatever the dragonborn is doing. Okay, cool. So you have confirmed to six that your name is. Yay! Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, and Six notices the amulet that you have around your neck and just you see his facial expressions where first of all he's like really happy and then he suddenly gets a little bit sad he kind of reaches out to touch it do you let him? yeah I think you'll let him we're friends now I guess he does he sort of like touches the amulet lightly it doesn't react to his touch and then he reaches his hand out to shake yours Frankie shakes it yeah we're bonding it's cool so Six is like holds up one finger and kind of like Gives you the sort of like wait here gesture, and then he runs over to where he was, and he, he continues doing this uh, thing that he was doing with the yellow wisp, and he kind of like uh, even uses like a little bit of light flame breath within this sort of like space within his hands that he's manipulating it, and he's he seems to be doing this 
ritual that he's very familiar with. And slowly over time, it's hard to tell how much time is passing here, but slowly the wisp turns from yellow to electric blue. And once it's done, he then picks up a bow that he's got just like nearby on a rock, and he uses his flame breath to create an arrow out of it. He kind of breathes fire, and the fire sort of takes the form of an arrow. He takes the, the blue wisp, and he wraps it lightly around the arrow, and then he pulls the arrow back and lets it go. And what you see is like a very odd thing happens, is like a little hole opens up in the air, if there, if there was air, but just in the space where the arrow kind of like hits a foot away from his bow, there's like a little shattering like glass, and then both the arrow and the blue wisp are gone. Oh, can, can Frankie go and investigate? Yeah, cool, roll me an investigation check. That is a 25. There's nothing, like, as as soon as it, like, blew through, it sealed up again. There, like, you go and you can wave your hand through that area of the air or of the space, and there doesn't seem to be anything left over within that area. Okay. Six looks over at you and kind of smiles and, and gestures upwards. And above your heads, as I said, there is a swirling vortex of potentially, like, millions, billions of these yellow wisps just like swirling around and coming to some kind of like spot in the center but it's it's it could be a galaxy away it could be literally right above your heads it's so hard to tell in this place how far away anything is and he looks at you and and he kind of like puts his two hands together like a handshake and he and he mouths the word help Frankie nods although i don't think he understands sex kind of nods as well he goes down to the ground like what you're standing on is like a it's a rock but he's got claws uh, and he scratches the word he, he scratches an h an o an m and then an e and then a question mark and he points at you oh home no my name's frankie six then offers you his hand he points up okay and, and he, he's kind of saying that like come come with me i'm going up there frankie Frankie nods. Oh, oh, yes, yes. He points up excitedly and nods, takes his hand. Okay, cool. And using six as a as a guide, you both start to float up and towards the swirling vortex. Six looks over at you as you guys are sort of flying with your hands held like Peter Pan. Cute. He looks over at you and he kind of, like, through gesture, kind of asks you, how did you get here? Frankie would like to tell him a very elaborate story literally starting from the beginning when we were at work and then you know with the cart and find like the ambulance like he's gonna start from the beginning okay it all started when my mom met my dad okay and <laughs> let's skip let's skip the forwards ahead because yeah, we know yeah. most of the story <laughs> yeah you've, so you spent two and a half to four hours talking about your your entire life story yeah. you get to the end <laughs> what's the last bit and then i shot a gun Bang bang! He makes pew pew noises. And as you as you say that, your amulet produces the pistol into your hand. So he he kind of shows six like this, blew my socks off, literally. Six looks over the gun, like sees the empty bullet chamber, and seems kind of excited as you both fly towards this big swirling mass of yellow wisps.
Kia Penny here. It's so good to be back to posting new episodes. I hope you're enjoying the new arc so far. In celebration of our return, we've just made the video recording of a beach episode available free on YouTube. If you haven't yet seen our March live show, A Fun Summer Rump featuring the wonderful Liv Artisan as our guest PC, check out our YouTube channel, Janison Breffitt's Podcast. Thank you to everyone who participated in, watched, or donated to our efforts to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Society through the Yes and Charity stream. We took the last few months off posting new episodes so I could work on the second year of putting on this project, and it was an absolute blast. The 24-hour stream was a huge project for everyone involved, and I'm incredibly proud to say that by the time we reached the end, we had raised an insane $13,001, all of which went straight to the Cancer Society of New Zealand to help people affected by cancer. If you missed the show, it will be available on YouTube this month for free. Just keep an eye out on our social media for more info. A quick moment to celebrate all the people who are supporting the show through our Patreon and whose donations have gone towards the production of the Yes And stream for the last few months. James Courtright, Dusty at Gamers ADHD, Waffles Loves You and Hopes You Have a Good Day, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Bachelor Katarina Von Palimpset, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, and Lyndon Hood. Thank you so much for your support of our work. We hope you enjoy all of our upcoming content. If you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast. There are multiple tiers with lots of different rewards you can unlock, and we post patron-only exclusive content there from time to time. As always, our social media pages are facebook.com slash Janice and Breffitt's Podcast and at jbpcpodcast on Twitter, and keep an eye on the Kiwi RPG hashtag for all sorts of things that Kiwi creators like us are doing with their projects. Well, I think that's enough from me. Back to the show. In the West District, there is a place called Ace Alley. It's not really an alley. It's like an out-of-the-way street that is completely lined with nightlife. There are clubs, bars, jazz lounges, restaurants, casinos, piercing studios, you name it. It's the type of place that the rebellious kind of go to party with the night and the type of place that mothers tell their adult children to keep away from because it's got a bit of a reputation as being a seedy. As the sun starts to set, Ido, Flynn and Karen, you find yourselves hopping out of a taxi cart with a mob member who you once defeated and Hoss who has tied up his beard in a big beard ponytail and produced big ugly glasses from somewhere, pops his coat collar up I know that my dear old boss has some business assets here. A colleague of mine mentioned he fronts one of these businesses. Uh, uses it to launder some of his money. Find a place, find his vault, find a way in. They call me. We're watching you. Don't go running off now. Hey, tosses Idafa token and disappears. And Idafa grabs the token, turns it over, and says, "Huh." Wonder what this is for. Roll me an arcana check. Alright. Oh! It's a two. <laughs> it appears to be some kind of weird stone. It's like a weird stone. Guys, check it out. Let, let me have a look at that, darling. I'm sure he didn't just give you a rock. After all, I'm a dwarf. I know what rocks look like. And Karen will inspect it. I know what rocks look like, sure. She's okay. a dwarf! Since you know what rocks look like, roll, <laughs> roll a, um, yes. a kind of check. 
You can have a With advantage, advantage because it's a rock. Yeah, it's ahead. a rock. <laughs> That's a nineteen. You you know exactly what this is. It's a sending stone. It's a sending stone. Yeah, you've seen one in Murphy's shop. You've had one in the bag. Like if Flynn had have examined it, he would have known exactly. He was just playing with one like back in the lava. But Ido's an idiot. Yeah, but Ido's an idiot. Sorry. He knows. <laughs> oh, oh, idiot. He's such a himbo. So what now? So he gives us standing stone and tells us to go and find out where they launder money. I don't think people usually wash money. Right? Nah, nah. Have you not heard of money laundering? Karen. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just making sure you know it. But maybe you should tell me what it is just so I know that you know what money laundering is. <laughs> and like Ido and Flynn are looking at each other just like giving a side eye just like this woman is so straight edge but she's killed multiple people and ripped arms off ripped arms off yeah when you're the brawn you don't have to be the brain <laughs> okay so Idafer because he's a rebel he's gonna like shout over Flynn <laughs> sorry <laughs> do it do it well Karen it's when you make money in a way you're not meant to make money for example, electrum trade. But then you put it through, say, a legitimate business and it launders or cleans the money. So what we need to do is spend some money. <laughs> Does anyone fancy a drink? I, you know what? I would fancy a drink. We can go in and we can... Let's do it. Discuss what we're going to do about Frankie. Okay, so where do you go? What type of place would you like to go and get a drink? The nearest place that you can drink it that we see down the alleyway that's not like a live, you know, like you said, nightlife. Like nothing that's like a nightclub. We want more like quiet and seedy. <laughs> a seedy, a seedy underground bar, please. There are a couple of storefronts, like sort of shop window type places that, you know, with stools out the front, there's a few, you know, like not very far away, there's a noodle bar. There are a few places that you could kind of just rock up to and just order a drink from the window and just sit on the street. There are also places that you could go sort of more inside of. This is more of like a club and restaurant area than just a place with like a quiet pub. Almost everywhere has got a lot of like movement, a lot of noise, a lot of like, you know, colorful lights and stuff. Can I do maybe perception check to do like to scan the businesses down the alley to see if I can kind of pick up because uh, I really like patterns and stuff right so like some some odd kind of maybe there's someone that looks a little bit I don't know everyone's seedy but that just does, looks a little bit out of place sure roll me a perception check so you're looking specifically for people who are out of place here <laughs> yes out of place in the out of place to be more specific oh that's not very good uh 13 not really, like everyone's like, there's, there's so many different types of people here that it is difficult to really pinpoint one person. Like there's a lot of like kind of tattooed, like you don't have motorbikes in this world, but like biker types, I imagine they would have really loud horses maybe. Uh, there are a lot of people who look like they might be sex workers. There's a lot of people who are just here for, you know, out for a, you know, for a drink. A few people who are clubbing, kind of a little bit further down, there's a guy who's like essentially working under like a tarpaulin, you know, just tattooing people, anyone kind of walks up is going to tattoo them. But you don't specifically see anyone who feels like they're out of place. So Karen has been thinking about what these two said about money laundering. And she says, That's not how I do my laundry. <laughs> she doesn't do her own laundry anymore, darling. Oh. She says, she says, Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. 
We just have to find the shittiest place with the most expensive stuff. Oh my god, Karen, you're a genius. And she's going to trot off down the down the lane looking for out-of-place prices, specifically. Okay, cool. Roll me an investigation check. God, you're so smart, Karen. Yep, that's good. Investigation. Oh, it's, that's a plus zero, baby. Mmm. That's a pretty good roll, though. I was 16. Yeah. Your instinct feels like it's paying off. What you notice is that there's a lot of places that people can go to gamble here, but there is only one place that appears to have a door charge. There are several, you know, places that you go that like kind of, you know, glitzy kind of casino type spots. But there's one that's like a basement smokehouse underneath the nearby noodle bar. You have to go down some stairs to get there. Mm. And, you know, it's a kind of the kind of place where people can sort of come to play cards, smoke cigars, gamble on games. There's no obvious like branding or signage, but there is one dude at the main door who's roaming intelligence shit. Eleven. He's dressed familiarly. You don't, you can't like pinpoint exactly where you've seen it before, but the way that this guard out the front is dressed, you kind of like, I've seen that before. And given that there's a, there's a door charge and, and it's weirdly like, you know, every other casino has got like a, you know, name, the, the wealthy Lord or whatever. This place doesn't have a name. It's got guards out the front. There's a door charge and there's a lot of, a lot of guards hanging around. Karen turns to the other two and says, well, the door charge puts off normal patrons as well as the lack of signage and branding. But I'm sure that this is the place that we're looking for. I grab Karen, I'm like, Karen, 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 please let me be a spider so I can have a look inside and I can be all sneaky and stuff. Oh, you don't have to ask my permission for that, darling. You might get stepped on. I'll be fine, I'll be fine. You might, might get stepped on. No, 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 I'll, I'll be on the ceiling and everything. I'll remind you that where you are right now, you're standing in the middle of the crowded street. <laughs> so you can. Abs- I-, I love the idea that you scout as a spider. That's great. That's really good use of wild shape. Right now, if you turn into a spider, you pull like pull a spider. How about we uh, slink off somewhere, and you can change somewhere a little bit more quiet. That sounds great. And I'm like just frantically looking around for like an alleyway, and and I see one, and I pull them over. Oh yeah. Uh, so you go into the alleyway. Just roll me a quick stealth check. <laughs> That's like a 23. You get to a spot where you're pretty sure you can't be seen. Now, you are approximately maybe 50, 60 feet away from where this area is that you want to be. Did you, did you, are you getting someone to carry you closer or are you just going to walk along the ground as a spider and hope you're in the center? Karen is going to, Karen is going to scoop up Idafa and put him on her shoulder and she's going to say, Flynnvar, darling, how about we go to the bar across the street and wait for our lovely little scout to tell us what's inside. And she's going to lead uh, Flynn out of the alley and kind of walk past the entrance to the casino and keep walking straight past it and duck into the nearest bar. The easiest one would be literally right above the house. There's a noodle bar like a street-facing noodle bar with like stools that you could sit at right there. Perfect. Across the street, there is um, that. That's where the tattooist is, so you could wait there and hope he doesn't try to sell you a tattoo. And there seems to be some kind of strip club or something, sort of like next door. Well, Karen would prefer the noodle bar, but what would Flynn prefer? Does Flynn want to get tattered? Because if Flynn wants to get tattered, Karen can go and hold his hand. The only tattoo he'd get would be his unit. Sorry, his military unit. <laughs> That's just <pretty> <laughs> 
as long as it's not his member. <laughs> um, That's a weird first place to get a tattoo. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Flynn could definitely use, he, he says this too, he's like, I, I could go for some noodles. All right. Okay. Ifa. Yeah, okay, sweetly, he'd, like, go ceiling bound because he figures that is the safest way to go so that no one, like, kills him. Because um, <laughs> spiders can be scary little things. All right, so, so he's doing his thing. He's on the ceiling, and what can he see, Penny? I want you to roll me a perception check. Fifteen. Yeah, okay, so what you see inside, there are multiple tables with people of all creeds, you know, gnomes, dwarves, humans, a couple of genasi, just, you know, playing different games. Some of them are playing with dice, some of them are playing with tiles, some of them are playing with cards. The gambling seems to be legitimate. Like, there doesn't seem to be people pretending. From what you can pick up, like, there's a poker game happening near you. They're playing by the rules of poker. There are also two or three what feel like armed guards roaming the tables. And can you just quickly, to the side, roll me an intelligent shepherd? Yeah. Uh, 14. You recognize the clothing style of the people that you guys were fighting when you infiltrated the Marvin's edge. It's the same kind of like, you know, suit with the vest thing. There's another guard guarding the entrance to three marked bathrooms. And there's a guy in a Hawaiian shirt kind of like watching over the whole place from like a, a chair next to a place where you could exchange your chips for cash. Mm, okay. I get my, my two front legs and I like rub them together, you know, like a aha, you know, just fitting in with the other spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and then I scuttle out. Oh God, yeah, when I get out, I'm sitting on the railing, just like, Karen? <laughs> like, <laughs> can I use a perception just see if there's any like alley close to me that I could scuttle around to? Yes. Okay. Oh, there's only six. I think I rolled a six. The only thing that you can see that's close to you would be a garbage bin like a dumpster that's kind of like next to the noodle bar. <laughs> a little spider tear comes out of my eye <laughs> and I, I sadly scuttle over to the dumpster and go inside and I change back into, into Ido. Karen and Flynn, uh, you two are sitting at the noodle bar. You've got your food. Karen has gone for something with lots and lots of vegetables. She has been eating a lot of mushrooms in the hives because the hives are very kind of meat and mushroom based and she didn't think that she would miss the bright fresh harvest vegetables of Ymir City quite as much as she did so she's got lots and lots of very yummy veggies in hers. Flynn what, what kind of noodles do you have? Flynn has a spicy ginger chicken Ooh. kind of noodle with lots of bok choy he loves bok choy. Nice. I like bok Every now and then too. he chokes a little bit on the bok choy because he's eating it so fast because it's delicious but other than that he's Pretty polite eating his noodles. Okay, and did you order any noodles for Idafa? No. That'd look weird because we're alone. No, no, no. Karen is expecting Idafa to come along and she said to the noodle <laughs> No, she said to the noodle employee that oh we're we are expecting a friend soon. I think he would like plain buttered noodles. <laughs> you know me so well. Idafa, I want you to roll me a charisma check to see how casually you can get out of a dumpster. <laughs> oh god, okay. <laughs> you said charisma, right? Yeah, charisma chip. Come on, natural 20. Penny, I actually did get a natural 20 and I can send a photo if you want proof. <laughs> nice. I would love to see a photo of that, but just because I love to support my friends. Oh my god. 
Do you have new do you have new dice? These are doing really well for you. Yeah, I'm very worried about the future. <laughs> like, this can't stay like this. So, Ivor, I want you to describe to me, with a natural 20, how you climb out of the dumpster and make it look regular, normal, casual, easy, breezy, beautiful, cover girl. The lid will fly open, creating quite a ruckus. And I'll, and I'll like, you know, in those perfume commercials and they're swimming in the ocean and they sh- come out and they fling oh, their yeah. hair and it goes, it looks Gorgeous. Rubbish to the sun. And I was lucky enough, if this is okay, for this dumpster in particular to be like its old perfume that they had to get rid of one of the luxury stores. So I smell amazing. And then I gently saunter out. It's almost as though there are steps within the dumpster that are allowing me like to rise gradually. <laughs> and then gracefully tumble out. Yes. And it's full of flowers from the yes, flower yeah, shop and the florist. <laughs> You got a rose in your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you do that while Karen and Flynn just like watch you, and you sit down on the noodle bar and do you? So you share sort of plan. Yes, I do, and I'm very secretive. I'm like, I'm a spy now. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah. Talk a little bit more normally, darling. People will notice if you're loudly whispering. Just normal volume. You're doing great. <laughs> All right. So I went in there and actually stuff looks pretty normal, except there are some like guards and they look like they, they're in sort of a same, the same uniform as the people that we fought. Uh, was, was a marvelous, you know that guy? Mansion, of course. I knew I recognized the uniform of the bouncer from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, so it's almost definitely that. That might be a little bit difficult for us to get in. I don't know if he circulated our images around them. They might know our faces. We can always try. That's Flynn true. looks like Flynn looks probably the least intimidating of us, so maybe you should try. Yeah, but I also sometimes look like a child, so. You've got I no, I don't want to show them your ID. No, we don't want to show the ID. We need a fake mustache. Yes! We do need a fake mustache. Flynn, I'll remind you that you have so you have glamoured you have glamoured leather armor. I just... Don't let me tell you how to <laughs> role play your infiltration. <laughs> For the first couple of seconds after Ida says that, he, and Flynn's like, "We could buy fake disguises, like a mustache or something." And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." And I was like, "I could wear one of Marvelous Henchmen's clothes." Or just a patron that looks like they want to. You want to spend lots of money, Flip? Yes. How interesting. We could make disguises out of what we've already got. Okay, fantastic. And Karen is going to undo the braids in her beard and start rebraiding it in a different pattern that makes absolutely no difference to either of you. But to her, to dwarves, it means like, I'm very rich and I'm here to spend money. But you guys don't know what the hell it's, she's doing. And she, it's, it's like the difference between a mid pony and a high pony. Yeah, and she, tur- she turns to you two and goes, So? Oh, Karen, you make a really nice man. Thinking that you changed into a, ma- a masculine beard? Oh, well, I suppose, I suppose <laughs> men can wear this beard too, yes. But I think this will work. I think this is going to be good. Does anyone have any spare glasses lying around? Oh no, wait! 
I've got my reading glasses. And she puts her reading glasses on like it makes a difference. And she goes, perfect. I love disguises. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. <laughs> Flynn and Arifa, what are you doing? Is, is like, this is your guys' plan. I'm not going to tell you how to infiltrate, but what are you guys doing to sort of get in here? I've got a question around the henchmen and Marvelous's uniform. Have they all been dwarves as well as in the uniform, or has it been... Not various. No, no, not all of them are dwarves. They're mostly humans. That's just because, like, there's a high human population in Yumea City. There's, you know, dwarves. There's none here, but you, when you were at the mansion, there were a couple of humans, a couple of dwarves, a few halflings. Marvelous's employ kind of reflects most of the population of Yumea City. Okay, so I change. Oh, so I'm not in the middle of the needle bar, but when we've got a moment. Of cover. Flynn's going to change his clothes so that it's like a pinstripe, like a navy pinstripe suit that looks similar from afar to the marvelous henchman things, but up close it looks like I'm not trying to be them. So that, you know, walking in, you know, from across the room, the guards might be like, oh, that's one of us, but up close it doesn't look like I'm trying to be one of them. You know, and they're like, who the, and they talk, and then they're like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, I don't, I'm just buying a beer. I want to gamble. Yeah. Uh, Idafa, what are you doing? So Idafa is going to get his disguise kit and he's going to pop behind the dumpster which he came out of before and he's going to dress up as a well-to-do gentleman. He'll have a nice a nice moustache and a bit of a goatee, glasses and a top hat. So pretty much he looks like Colonel Sanders if he had gone goth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then what? So you guys have all got disguises. What are you going to do now? Karen would also like to, while everybody else is getting changed, she would also like to put on her... Her her very good shirt, which is a shirt that she bought from Murphy, and it is extremely snazzy. If she starts talking to someone about the shirt, that's all they'll be able to notice. A creature that is involved in a conversation about the very good shirt has disadvantage on all perception checks and a minus five to their passive perception stat. This is the perfect use of the very good shirt. I put that on the shelf because I was planning to do a high stock at some point. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome use of a awesome use of a very good shirt. I think we should go in separately, team. That's true. Yes, we would look very strange going in together. Yeah, I wouldn't really be friends with her. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, yes. Yikes! <laughs> Rude. Well, as your manager, I will go in first. And make sure that everything's okay. Okay? And then Karen is going to take out that sending stone that we got given. And she's going to say, Flynn, can you grab yours for a second? You've got it in the bag, right? Yes. And she's going to speak very quietly into it. And see if it comes out of that sending stone. What happens is Hoss comes back out of the sending stone you just spoke into and says, uh, uh, can you say that again, Lassie? I didn't quite catch you. Nothing comes out of the one that Flynn has. She doesn't even say sorry. She just puts it away. She just puts it back <laughs> in the pocket. <laughs> and he's Hoss is all lonely in his little spot. And he's like, oh, I thought, I thought she just wanted to talk. <laughs> so, Karen, you said you were going to go in first. How does that go? Well, let's find out, shall we? What is the door charge? Uh, 25 gold. Okay. Which is, which is really, really, really high. She is going to watch someone or one or two people go in first so she knows what the protocol is 
Cool. As you, you see a couple go in before you, and the guard does not take any money from it. Inside is quite smoky because there's a lot of people smoking cigarettes and cigars. And Can she see anybody paying a door charge? Nope. Oh, okay. But the guard does... Actually, roll me a perception check. Oh, bad. Ten. The guard does mark something down as they go in, but doesn't like speak to them or ask them for anything. Doesn't ask them for ID. Anything. Literally just mark something down on like a clipboard. What Karen is going to do is she's going to palm a piece of Electrum. The last we talked about Electrum, Flynn was the only one to have Electrum on him because the rest of your Electrum all became inert after the, after the gunshot. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows that like there is one pool of Electrum that Flynn has. And if, so if you want to do that now, like I have done it while you're in the taxi, that's fine. But at the yep. moment, you have zero Electrum. Just want to be really okay. Karen's going to gather three pieces of Electrum off of Flynn. Okay, cool. She's going to palm a piece of Electrum and she's going to walk confidently up to the door and she's going to flash it at the bouncer and she's going to say, I'm a bit new here, but I trust I can get in fine. He just nods to you. Like he does He does do a little double take down at the blue coin in your hand. Uh, he raises an eyebrow, but he just makes a little mark on his, on his clipboard and nods you in. Yeah, she'll, she'll give him a wink and slide on in. And as she slides in, she opens the door a little bit wider than she should. And <laughs> Flynn and Idafer can see her giving like an enthusiastic thumbs up as she goes in the door. <laughs> She's like, yes! <laughs> oh, okay, so Karen, you're in. Flynn and Idafer, do you guys, how do you go in? You go first, Flynn. I just, firstly, just try and I'm confidently walking towards the door and I just give a nod to the door person and then keep heading in through the door. He marks something down on his clipboard and he waves you in. He kind of like gives you a nod, like kind of like nice shirt kind of nod. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, you're in. Idafa? <laughs> so, Idafa is very excited that he gets to disguise himself because of course like it's part of the roguish nature to be a bit of, you know, a bit of an actor. Of course. <laughs> so he, he saunters up and he's like, Looks very well to do. He's like a fancy man. And he's like, good day, sir. I would like to come into this establishment. Yeah, roll me a, uh, what's the word? Roll me a deception check. <laughs> All right. Um, deception is there. That is 23. Yeah, easy. The guard doesn't even look twice. Like, it clearly seems to be, like, completely buys your disguise thinks your accent is very regular and normal, waves you in, marks something down on his clipboard. Oh, if he's a little bit disappointed, he wanted a bit more of a fanfare, but he's like, okay, good sir, I shall be on my way. And he, and he goes down the stairs, kind of a little bit defeated. Oh. <laughs> the three of you are now in the smokehouse. So I'm just gonna leave you guys there. And we're gonna, we're gonna touch back in with Frankie. Frankie, after an indeterminate sort of amount of time, so hard to tell, you know, how much time is, is being passed in this area, you begin to pass by a few straggling yellow wisps and six slows down, making his output vibrations much less intense. But he turns back to look at you, still smiling, points to his eyes, and then sort of points all around. Yes. Frankie does the same. Okay, he's gonna, he's gonna grab you by the collar, point to his eyes, and then point yes. with the two fingers all yeah. around. Yeah, so Frankie follows his two fingers with his eyes. Good, okay. What he is telling you is keep a lookout. Yes, he's looking out. 
six is then gonna like look you in the eyes, like less smiley now, and makes a chompy motion with his hand. You know, like the baby shark motion. Yep. 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 And then six, very slowly, very like almost lazily, begins drifting towards the thicker parts of the vortex, seeming like he's looking for something amongst the sea of yellow. Frankie's just going to. I guess keep a lookout while also looking around because this is fucking interesting. Uh, and you'd like to try it. I guess grab, you know, swipe at some stuff. Not seriously, but you know, this is. He's probably never seen anything like this before. Roll me a perception check. That's a seven. Okay. What you pick up from this is that you actually can, like the wisps, if you grab it, like it kind of is sort of made of like smoke or energy or something but you can grab it and kind of like move it around with your hand if you choose to not like it's not solid in a way like if you grabbed it and squeezed it it would just squeeze out of your sort of like wisp out of your hand and that's pretty much all you get from that you're too busy kind of experimenting with these things to properly keep watch yeah yeah 100 yeah after a minute six grabs you and points to a spot not far away and what you can see is amongst the yellow there is a single red wisp that is kind of wiggling its way towards the center. And what you see is that every time it gets near a yellow one, it sort of reacts aggressively and kind of maybe shocks the other ones or, or does, you know, something that makes the yellow ones kind of like react to it. And you're just like, oh! Six moves off in the direction of the red wisp. Can you roll me an intelligence check, please? So this is assuming that you're going to try and help Six catch it. Yes, Frankie wants to try and help. That's a 19. Yeah, no, that's fine. You, while, you know, before you had a little bit of trouble, you've been flying and and changing speed a lot. You've got a lot more used to this sort of like movement. And relatively easily, you're able to pretty much just use your body to help Six catch it. Like you just sit in front of it and it tries to change. It's enough for it to stop, change direction. And Six manages to sort of bring it into the space between his hands. Six then starts doing the same thing as before. But this one seems a bit different. Rather than softly cooing and gently guiding the wisp, um, he seems to be agitating it. He's like creating sharp turns. He's releasing odd bursts of sharp vibrations. And then he turns and he sees you looking at him. And his eyes go like really wide. And he points again to his eyes and around the space while trying to keep up this ritual. Yep. Okay, Frankie's back to trying to be focused and, and keeping a lookout. Okay, roll me a perception check. A 16. Yeah, so you look amongst the swirling wisps, kind of unsure about why Six seems worried. And you you can just, you know, you see mostly, you know, yellow wisps, the odd red wisps. You see the odd rock floating, drifting around, but wait. One of those drifting rocks appears to have an eye. An eye that is staring right at you. The monstrous floating creature, like a giant warped lobster, lets out a silent roar that sends extreme vibrations flowing in every direction. And with a deep primal hunger in its eye, begins charging towards you, Frankie.
Aye, there they go. Hoss here? And nay, I'm not sorry for blackmailing these stone kickers. In fact, if you have a problem, you should blackmail someone to fix it for you. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you have a friend who doesn't yet listen to it, why not blackmail them? Okay, bye.